friends. We are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. We are in week two of our continued dialogue of not Ross and Rachel. There's probably an easier way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> that was maybe nicer, but um, we are going to continue on this week in what is episodes 16 and 17 within season three of Friends on all topics that are not directly rated, like related to the Ross Rachel direct storyline. Now, obviously, these next two episodes, especially in the series, very heavily weaved themselves in and out of the story, even amongst the friends. So Llewellyn and myself might touch on topics that are kind of touching the topic that you would think, wait, isn't that in correlation to? But we might also miss topics that are not that we're planning on covering with the guys. So you're not going to get all of it in this episode, obviously, but we're going to do our best to kind of cut the line between Ross and Rachel versus non-Ross and Rachel in these two episodes merged together in one super episode that's not going to take super long. <laughs> Do you nice like that? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so with that said, let's dive into the episode recap for the first episode. Llewellyn? Yes, so the first episode would be episode 16 of season three titled The One with the Morning After. This one was written by Marta Kaufman and David Crane, directed by James Burroughs, and originally aired on 2-20-1997. Unaware of Ross's one-night stand with another woman, Rachel visits him to declare her undying love. Oof. But we're not talking about Ross and Rachel today. (laughs) That was our whole recap. (laughs) Yeah, that was our whole recap. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, Okay, so with the soft open of this episode, they did recap, which they rarely do, I feel like, in the show. Would you agree? I do agree, but knowing that this was episode, what, 15, 16, could it have been like a mid-season? Yeah, or they just wanted to make sure that people were aware that this is like an ongoing story that if they were like if they missed the last week that they were popping in to a story. Yeah. Didn't it say at the end of season 15 to be continued? Yeah. The episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely. Yeah. It definitely did. So I think they do that as a way to like, hey, if you loosely watch Friends and you missed last week, you missed a major element that you're going to want to know about. Because we're going to dive in, like dive yeah. in from where we left off. Um, so they, so this is one of the very few recaps. Have we had a recap up until now, except for like a season starter? Have we had like a mid season recap like so. this? I don't think so either. Um, it's just interesting because I saw it and I was like, oh, the episode recap. Okay. Interesting. Um, so it really shows the argument, spoiler alert, the breakup and the hookup. And then we go into the next morning, which is still part of the soft open, which is really, really interesting time-wise for me. I don't know why, but we get something that I noticed instantly. The infamous, I've said this twice already, the, the famous, I guess, really, girls sweatshirt that both Monica and Rachel wear at some point, both donning different colors, 
but Monica is wearing it um, as she is making herself some breakfast. Wait, dinner? No, breakfast. It was the next day. Yeah, breakfast. Um, I love this sweatshirt, and I know that you can buy them online, but I just haven't, I haven't, like, bought one, but I kind of want one. Yeah, I would agree. Mm. Now, Rachel ends up telling Monica that instead of having the anniversary dinner, they broke up instead. And Monica, at the same time, was about to start her blender. She turns it on, does not have a lid on it, and sends fruit flying everywhere, which, of course, is bugging Monica's built-in OCD, you know, monitor that she's got internally. Um, she really needs to talk to Rachel about it, but she also realizes there is fruit on my ceiling, um, and I really want to clean that up, but I know that this is just as important, if not more important, and I do need to talk to you about it. So, essentially, she tells Monica, like, Mark came over, and at first, Monica thinks that they did something, just based on, like, I had Mark come over, and she's like, Rachel, no! And she's like, no, 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 we just talked with Mark, and, and through talking, I realized that I love your stupid brother and I want to work things out. And that is about as close to the Ross and Rachel storyline as we get (laughs) before quickly taking a detour. We skip through a lot of scene here. Um, We go right into the main part of the episode over a couple of scenes back into the girl's apartment where Monica is now cleaning the ceiling. And I do have to say, knowing the fact that they didn't actually have a ceiling topper there, that it was just, you know, lights and um, pretty much all lighting for the actual studios, that Monica, well, you know, Courtney, Courtney Cox, did a really great job acting in this moment moment and making it look like she was pressing up against a flat surface. Because that is really hard to do logistically and like uh like manually or um like fine motor skills wise you know like yeah trying to make it look like you're at a flat surface as opposed to like a rounded surface you know mm-hmm. i think she did honestly a really good job it's those types of things in acting that actually really i notice a lot because i'm always looking for ways that they're like not doing it the right way. And that's why I always notice that like coffee cups are usually empty on shows. Closed coffee cups oh, with yeah. coffee lids. It drives me the frick nuts. But I notice that like the way that they get it handed off to them, it looks light as air. It's like at least make your body weight like pretend like there's something in that coffee yeah. cup. But And the way they always like flail them around. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes. You can't do that with a coffee cup. No. And, like, when you set it down, you can hearly hear, like, the lightness of the cup go, like, dink, like, right mm-hmm. on the countertop. You're like, okay, there's obviously nothing in that mug. It just at least put water in the weighted one, like, in the in the closed ones. It doesn't actually have to be coffee so that you don't spill it on yourself. Right. But, like, at least make it water or something so that when you set it down or where you hand it to someone, they physically feel the weight of it getting put in their hands because their body will respond accordingly. And that is, like, one of my biggest pet peeves. On television shows. And I know it's so small, but it drives me nuts. So kudos to Courtney Cox on making the sweeping of the ceiling look real. Now, at the time that she's cleaning the ceiling, Phoebe walks in. And Phoebe has brought up the mail for Monica, which is actually really sweet of Phoebe. I'm wondering where boxes would be stored in an apartment building like that. I feel like we've just seen them like underneath their mailboxes before. 
Mm. Which is weird to really me because, w- yeah. like, why wouldn't you just steal it? I Yeah. I was, yep. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> like, know? wouldn't it be stolen easily? You would think so. Nowadays, it definitely would be. But there'd be like, there'd be like a ring box on the yeah. <laughs> mailbox. Yeah, for sure. Well, and maybe that's why Phoebe brought it up, because she knows, like, the quicker you bring it up from it being dropped off, the less of a chance of it getting stolen. Yeah, maybe. But um, she wonders, like, what it is. Monica, like, starts to kind of self... She's she already, before she explains it to Phoebe, she's starting to, like, backpedal. She's like, well, you know me. I don't normally do this. This is not something I normally do, besides the smop. This isn't something that I typically do. And she like, there's this person on this infomercial and it was for an at-home wax kit. And Phoebe instantly knows that it's waxing, that it is a very specific type of at-home wax, you know, um, unit or uh, what is like a grouping? What what would you call it? Kit, like a cell phone. Yeah. At-home self-wax kit. Um, And... Okay, but didn't you, didn't this remind you? I wonder if QVC was around back then. Oh, I'm sure it was. I just don't know how long that's been going, but it just makes me think of like QVC. And I know we have infomercials now, but I feel like with regular cable TV being like less prevalent in especially the younger generation, like I don't see infomercials ever, even on the platforms that I don't pay for that have commercials. It's usually for things like State Farm or T-Mobile, like larger things as opposed to like an infomercial. Like when's the last time you've seen an infomercial, Llewellyn? Yeah, I, I always equate infomercials to like falling asleep as a kid on the couch watching TV <laughs> and waking up in the middle of the night and the TV <laughs> is still on. <laughs> and there's an infomercial. Yes. Because they were always on after, like, prime time, after, like, the evening late shows. And then there, like, was nothing to fill the time. Whereas now, I guess, they probably use, like, reruns of stuff. But back mm-hmm. then, they just stuck an infomercial in. So, I don't know. And I don't, I mean, like you said, I don't watch cable um, very much. So, mm-hmm. All we see is, like, streaming, and those commercials are, like you said, State Farm, Allstate, insurance commercials, you know, adult life. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, Yeah. Okay. So, I completely agree with you. I haven't seen one in forever, but I also remember, I think my mom really loved QVC, um, and she used to get things from things like that. Even if it wasn't exactly QVC, like I think there was like a combo shampoo conditioner that was sold that way um, that she ended up buying at one point. Um, I, just, I just love how they like <laughs> they haggle you into buying something and they make it sound so cheap. Like for the low pay for the low price of four payments of four forty nine ninety nine, <laughs> and you're like, it's not still two hundred dollars. Like what? <laughs> Yeah, low. You're probably actually pay- charging me more because you're breaking the payments up. It's called a payment plan, guys. Okay, here's the hot button topic. That is the exact same thing that things like Affirm, Afterpay, all of those programs that are like wanting you to split your payments over time. Yeah, it, all of that's the same thing. It's the yeah. exact same thing. The only difference is like. 
now with a firm and afterpay, if you don't pay it on time, there's like a 30% interest that gets charged to the nuts. amount, which is higher than most credit cards. Yeah. Guys, a firm afterpay, it's the same scheme, honestly, as exactly what you said. Like, yeah. oh, for the low payment of four times $49, you're like, oh, I can afford $49. But now you have to afford $49 for four months in order to make the $200 payment. Right. That, and and like all of those afterpay type services are essentially doing the exact same thing. Um, but they get your psychology with the lower amount in your in your brain. Yeah, for sure. Way to way to point that out. Um, OK, so then Phoebe, she she realizes that Monica bought vaccine. She calls it out. She's like, I wanted to be a vaccine girl. Um, and Monica was like, oh my gosh, like organic, natural material from the rainforest depths. Like, of course it's pain free. Like the way that she says it, you know that they're trolling products like that for sure. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, have you, have you ever done an at home waxing kit? Yeah. When I was younger and not as okay. wise. But Nair does not count. Like an actual yeah. waxing. Yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh. Tell me all about this. Yeah, no, I had a I had a friend. That surprises me a lot, honestly. <laughs> I was expecting this to be a quick like, no, no, okay, move on. I know I had a I had a friend once. Um I wanna say <laughs> They're no longer friends because it was too painful. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I mean we were young, younger. Uh like, you know, back when like your leg hair just started growing. Sure. Or you just started, it was always there, but you just started doing something with it. Right, um, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And my friend had, I, I don't know who introduced her to waxing, but somebody did. And she's like, oh my gosh, you have to try this because you don't have to shave as often. Like, that's always what gets you. It's like, you don't have to shave as much because so you're true. waxing, which is, is nice. Great. But shaving's less painful. Um, it's true. So we, we tried it one day, and I think I only got like three. I don't remember exactly, but like maybe three strips in, and I'm like, I, this isn't worth it. <laughs> oh no! So that's all. Oh the, no! That's all the farther I've done. Have you ever gone in to do like an actual waxing somewhere else, or was your at home experience your only experience? Um, that was my only experience as far as like, <sighs> like big waxing. Like yeah. like minor things like your your face or whatever that's no big deal but um, yeah 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 when it comes to like large amounts of waxing no that was a I just wow I've thought about doing it but I don't maybe now that I live in Florida I'll give it more thought but yeah shaving is as un as annoying as it is to have to shave all the time mm-hmm. I don't know if waxing's worth it. Yeah, it is painful. The payoff is really great. I it it when it comes in, it feels like it's a little like thinner, just a little bit or like the hairs are a little softer. Um, you don't have to spend the time shaving because I never do anyways. I enjoy it a lot, but it is expensive. And I would rather... I think for now, put that money aside to get laser hair removal. Oh, that would be so nice. So that one, I never have to shave or wax literally ever again. 
it's just a commitment because once you start, they it's it takes like six to eight sessions, yeah, to completely do it, and that obviously costs every time you do it, and you have to do it like I think every four to six weeks apart. So you're looking at like just a time commitment and a money commitment in like a short period of time, but like long enough duration to like, this is going to take almost a year to complete from start to finish. So I would just have to make sure that all of that, that I do at the, I would want to like do it at the flow of cash. Yeah. Um, But I'd have to have all that cash ahead of time to know that like, okay, I can like keep doing this month to month and it not like affect my budget. That's what I wouldn't want it to do. Um, but waxing is very painful, but I love then like, I feel like when you shave, it's almost like the five o'clock shadow, but for your legs, like the next, like even when you shave, you can still see the root in there because I have dark, like dark hair. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can see the root in there. So it doesn't look smooth. Then the next day it's pokey anyways. Like to me, shaving is completely pointless. I don't understand the benefit of shaving really, because it's like the next day after you've spent the extra 20 minutes in the shower, it's like all, it doesn't matter anymore because it's all back pretty much. Like I just, I hate it so much that I would be willing to spend money to laser hair remove so that I never have to shave again. Yeah, that would be nice. But props to you. I've never done an at home. (laughs) I don't know if I would have the, like the balls to do it. Honestly, (laughs) it's just like a, it's just, it's all mental. I know. You know. It's like, it is painful, and you know it's going to be painful. That's why you... Cause like, I, when you're the one pulling the strip, yeah, that's like a, painful mentally. It's like a Band-Aid on, like, your arm. You know, like, when it's mm. on a part of your arm that has hair on it, and you mm-hmm. have to take the Band-Aid off. Sometimes I have to stare at it. I don't know what staring at it does, but it's just, like, you got to work up the courage. Like, this is going to hurt, <laughs> but I need to take this Band-Aid off. Like, yeah. like clean whatever's underneath it, but... Yeah, it's like that. It's hard, but... Yeah, for sure. We do what we gotta do. Oh, we do what we gotta do. (laughs) That's so true. Um, Okay, so across the apartment, in the guys, Ross is explaining himself to the guys. So, you know, the guys didn't realize where he went yesterday after the bar, you know. um, Now, what's interesting is, like, I was listening to this. And I was thinking of it from the girl's perspective. Like, I have never been the girl with her friends to go out and just not know where one of your friends disappears to or them not know where I am. Like, I've never been that person. Have you ever done that where you're like, yeah, they'll show up, you know, like tomorrow? No. That to me seems so scary. Yeah. And especially in a big city like New York. Like, no, thank you. Anywhere, even in small cities. I mean, just the idea that, like, you came with a group of friends and had no intention of going home with them. And who knows? Like, you're at the – like, I – that I listen to too many crime podcasts, and I think that's why (laughs) I'm just like, no. The fact that people go out with, like, yeah, I'll catch you guys tomorrow. Or, like, yeah, they just disappeared, but this happens often. Like, I'm not worried about them. You know what I mean? Like, that to me is scary. Um. So the guys, you know, they're listening to Ross. He's telling his story. And Joey makes, like, a really funny comment, like, well, you should have gone to make up with Rachel. And he's like, you think? <laughs> like, <laughs> but Ross is really, 
like he's really struggling because like he wants to tell her but he doesn't want to hurt her they're building this great relationship like they you know like they've just agreed to get back together and the guys don't want him to tell rachel um and there's kind of like in chandler's words how dumb are you (laughs) Mm, yes and i feel like there's arguments on both sides now Chandler says that that's what deathbeds are for. <laughs> that's where you tell all your dirty secrets. Where do you fall on the tell don't tell spectrum? Yourself personally, not in regards to Ross and Rachel. As in These like, are like if I were Ross? Yeah. In this scenario? Yeah. Um and I mean, if you were Rachel, let's do both. Yeah. I mean it it's hard cuz you have all these feelings and all this stuff and like you I mean we all know deep down like Ross didn't do it with the intention of hurting Rachel mm-hmm. but I think for me personally like I honesty is best I would tell her because I would or him whoever I would <laughs> yeah rather, you're you <laughs> you're you <laughs> I would tell the other person him um just because I feel like in the grand scheme of things like if I were the one that would, if I were Rachel in that situation, I would want to hear it from Ross. I wouldn't want to hear it from other Gunther. people. <laughs> from Gunther of all people. Which we'll um, get to. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I don't know what I would do in that situation because I feel like it would be harder if we were actually in that situation. But mm-hmm. my gut says I feel like it's better to be honest because I almost feel like you can bounce back from something like that if you're honest than Mm -hmm. if you try to hide it and it comes out. Yeah. So that's me. Now, if you were Rachel, would you want to know? I think so. Just because, I mean, she she wasn't ever worried about Ross. But, I mean, when someone's trying to keep something from you, especially something that big, like, they change, things change in their... Um, mannerisms and whatnot. So I feel like she would have known that something was wrong anyway. Mm, okay. So I feel like I would just want, I'd want to know. Mm. Okay. I'm almost curious. Like, I, I think I agree with you on most points. I think the hardest part is, like, I would want to know if everyone else knows. Like, if if I eventually found out that every single one of my friends knew, like, like if yeah. Chandler and Joey could look me in the eye every day and, like, know that Ross is keeping this, like, big secret. And they're the ones that instigated it to begin with. But, like, what if the girl at Phoebe's massage parlor had told Phoebe and Phoebe knew? You know, um... Or what if because Ross and Monica are related, Monica eventually found out. Like, if everyone but me knew, like, I would definitely want to know. And I, that's tough because, like, I do want to know, but I'm also, like, if it's never going to happen again. Like, because Ross is Ross. He is who, he's right. At one point, he pulls out his character in the conversation. Like, you know me. Like, I'm not, I, I don't, like, do this if I thought that we were actually not on a break. Like, you know that like if that was never gonna happen again and like 
without knowing what happened could truly like believe that i don't know if i'd want to know because like how devastating for something that's never going to happen again but i also like because i'm nosy and i want to know everything like i would also want to know it's just yeah. it's it's a lose-lose all around i feel like i mean like just don't cheat <laughs> That's Moral the win. The story. Like the don't. win, lose, lose is like win, don't cheat, lose, lose. You cheat and you tell them or you don't tell them. Like both of them are lose, lose. Yeah. So don't cheat, people. It's not worth it. You're worth more. They're worth more. The third party's worth more. Like just don't do it. It's a lot of heartbreak. If you don't want to be in the relationship, just break up. If you're not happy, fix it or get out. Right. Like it's just, it's not worth it. Um, I I do believe honesty is the best policy too though so I would I would probably tell because I feel like I would just rot from the inside out if I had that secret if I had cheated you know and yeah. like needed to tell like every encounter you'd like know that you were like scum <laughs> I don't know that's tough but I would I would probably tell too anyways okay that's a lot on that one topic but um now, when, as the guys are kind of determining what the right path is, they kind of start leaning more towards, like, not telling. And Joey starts to, like, kind of, he's, like, processing and, like, you know, sort of, like, he starts to brainstorm a little bit. Like, okay, uh, like, make sure, like, if Ross isn't going to be the one to tell her, like, you want to make sure that she's not going to find out any other way. Like, have you thought about the trail? And... You know, the trail and Joey's definition is like, what's the what's the line between the woman you did it with to the woman you want to be with and want to keep it from? And Joey is very serious about this trail. I mean, Ross kind of shows himself as really like laissez faire about it. He's like, what's a trail? And Joey like steps on the bottom of the um, on his shoe to like bring him like forward in the chair, like to bring him to attention, sort of um, to explain really what it is and Chandler really quickly figures out the trail he like it's almost like six degrees of separation but like with people yeah. that you know essentially yeah. so we go back over the hallway to the girls apartment Monica and Phoebe are in her room applying this waxing and it's absolutely horrible um, at first they're like oh it's so smooth and blah 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 now let's go to pull it and Monica is in, like, serious pain. Like, was not expecting it, thought it was pain-free, and it's not. Now, Phoebe doesn't believe her, thinks that maybe she just has, like, she's like, okay, I think maybe, you know, you might have, like, either done it wrong or maybe you're just, like, weak, essentially. Phoebe does it, tries it herself, and, like, is in just as much pain as Monica, which seems about accurate. Yeah. I don't think there's any non-pain way, like non-painful way to pull the root of a bunch of hairs at the same time out of your skin, like without making it painful, you know? Yeah. Because like you're literally ripping out. It's not possible. Right. Yeah. You're ripping out roots here, people. Like it's just, you'd have to be completely numb, like everywhere. (laughs) Um. So we find in the next two scenes, Ross is kind of running around New York. Um, He goes to the copy place. He grabs Chloe. He says, hey, she took his watch. He didn't know that. But he has to confirm that she didn't tell anyone. 
but she told Isaac. So he asks Isaac about the trail. He promises to keep it a secret. Isaac thinks they're on the same page. Oh, wait, but he's already told his sister. And where does his sister work? At the massage parlor with Phoebe. So he runs over to the massage parlor. Ross charges into the sister's, you know, Isaac's sister's, obviously, massage room and introduces himself. And she immediately starts judging him. And I think it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. You did a very bad thing. <laughs> she goes, you did a bad thing. With her, like, little, like, nasally, like, high-pitched voice. Yeah. Uh, very, very bad. <laughs> Russ is like, I know. Dang it. <laughs> like, he already knows. And she's totally judging. And I sort of love that. Like, someone has to be, like, all the other, like, we get it. All the friends are like, dude, like, I guess you should have stayed hooked, like, ha- you know, hash things out with Rachel and he's like what do you think like you know not very helpful not but not also not very judgy either because that's what friends do we're like oh man like you really blew it but like blah, blah. this girl's like straight up like oh you did a really bad thing like I'm judging you completely um but he asks her like did you tell Phoebe already she hadn't yet but says you may want to check with my roommate because I told him and he knows Phoebe because she's agreed that she's not gonna tell Ross has, like, begged her, even though she's judging. But Llewellyn, who is the roommate? Gunther. It is Gunther, as we get really revealed to us just in the visual of it in the next scene. It's immediately in the cafe on Gunther. Ross comes charging in, apparently right past where Rachel is sitting on the chair, as we'll see. Um, but Ross dives right in. I mean, like, no introduction, no, hey, Gunther. He's like, please tell me you didn't tell Rachel about me and the copy girl. But we find out that it's too late, and he turns around, and there's Rachel sitting there. And that's all the closer we're getting. Yes, that's all close we're getting to that storyline. We've touched it again. Really quickly, we go back upstairs into the girls' apartment. The girls are tearing off each other's waxing strips and just alternating in their Mm. screams of pain now the guys come running in because they think like they must be being kidnapped like dying something because the guys come charging in to literally save them from something with pots and pans in their hand oh yeah yeah they're gonna definitely do some damage for sure for sure Now, Phoebe says that the guys can't experience this level of pain. Like, they're in so much pain, but the guys are a little judgy here. They're like, there's no way that that's that painful. Um, Women are the weaker sex and must have a lower pain tolerance. It's just a little wax. So Phoebe gets a little indignant and is like, oh, okay. Sticks it on Joey and then just lets her rip. And he, in that moment, realizes just how painful it really is. And again, that's as close as we're going to get to the storyline. Now, there are a couple of points. We're interrupted from that time frame in order to go into the Ross and Rachel story and what digresses or progresses, I guess, from there. But there are a few things. In the middle of said argument and storyline... Joey wants to leave the room because he's hungry. However, they can't because they because they've been in there too long now. And 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 if they would leave at the moment that they're thinking, 
it'd be like the the Ross and Rachel would realize how long they've actually been in there and it would probably make things worse. Have you ever have you ever come up on a situation a situation like that personally, Llewellyn at all? Where like where I'm stuck in a room? Where you're not in a room necessarily, but like you realize something has gone on too long and now if you bring it up that's like they would now realize how long it's actually been. I mean, I want to say I have, but I can't think of any specific okay. topic off the top of my head. That's fine. I kind of threw it at you anyways. Um, the most things that I can think of are not knowing people's names. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think that happens to everybody. Yeah. Where it's like you learn their name and then you have interactions with them where you don't have to use their name. And then a while down the road you realize that you still don't know their name but it's been way too long now and you've had too many interactions to be able to ask them what their name is and it not be weird so you do everything in your power to like try to Find. get them to say their name yes exactly introduce them to someone have them start like it's yeah. the worst there was another example that i had that just fell out of my brain um but yeah but joey's realizing like they're all like no it's like they're gonna know then, at a different point, Phoebe calls in late to work. She has a 9 p.m. appointment, but it's now 9.15, so she's obviously not there and wants someone to cover her late appointment. I think it's a little strange that she has a 9 p.m. massage appointment. Do, do spas open that late? Are they open that late? I feel like they close at, like, after 7 p.m. Like, 7 p.m. is the last appointment. We're done by 8. We're out of here. Like, t- like to get done at 10 feels real late to me. Yeah. I mean, I've never had a massage, so. What? Yeah, I've not. Ever? Like, on. Like, do you not like them? No, I like them. I've just never, I've never paid to have one. Okay, here's what you need to do. You need to grab, like, a. The, the local, like, school, like, massage school, they charge, like, $35 for an hour-long massage, which is about as cheap as you can get it. They're still practicing, they're learning, but they're cheap, and they're pretty decent. And just go treat yourself, girl. You need it. You deserve yeah, it. I, I would like one. I'm, I'm not saying I never would, but okay. I just never have. Okay, okay. But I do feel like that would be kind of late. Yeah, to like... go to an office. Like, I know she has a table at home, but right. she called the office to say I'm not there. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, and then the last couple bits of things um, that we'll probably touch on with the guys, too, but I think it's interesting that they end up eating the wax. It doesn't matter if it's organic material. It doesn't mean it's edible. Right. That was so gross. That, to me, is like, that's where they kind of, like, drew the line of, like, okay, I get the... I get the organic idea, but organic doesn't mean, again, it doesn't mean edible necessarily. Like, it's it's still waxy. Yeah. I don't know. That just seems really sketch. Uh, Joey is deciding, like, that he needs a new walk. He needs, like, a take notice walk. Um, at one point, the friends mentioned that it's 3 a.m., and the fight has lasted then at least six hours because Phoebe called in at 9, 15. 
So it's been more than six hours for sure. Maybe like eight hours. It's been a very long argument. And Monica at this point is now trying to get herself out of the room. She's sort of in this like fend for yourself situation where she's like, I live here. Like I, they don't know that I didn't come home at any point in time. Like I could have been in this room the whole time myself personally because this is my apartment. Um, but they, you know, obviously she also doesn't get out of the room, but she's also like, they've, they've tried to get out of there and now they're hungry and they're eating wax essentially. So that's all like the roundabout that we can kind of touch on. The rest we're going to cover with the guys. The only last thing that we can do is the tag scene. The friends are still in the room. It's been quiet for a while now, they said. They kind of slowly escape, and it's just Rachel there on the couch, and they all sort of, like, sneak out. Joey is, like, tiptoeing while all the friends are just, like, regular walking. So Chandler asks him, like, is that your is that your new walk? And he goes, no, I just have to pee. And then they kind of, like, slowly escape, you know, the room. So any other extra points that you want to touch on at all before we wrap up this episode before moving on to 17? I don't think so. Okay. So then the next episode that we're going to cover is the one without the ski trip, which, again, you can give us a episode recap for yes so episode 17 the one without the ski trip was written by scott oh gosh silveri and shana goldberg mihan i probably butchered those i apologize directed by sam simon and originally aired aired on 3 6 of 1997 rachel asks everyone to go on a ski trip except ross Chandler is particularly traumatized by the Ross-Rachel breakup, which reminds him of his parents' divorce. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, this one is going to go a lot faster, like real fast, because we have like maybe five topics, maybe, um, and they're really quick points because it's so interwoven. First thing in the soft open, um, this is more of just like, this is a really funny tidbit that they worked into this episode. Joey asks Chandler for the comics, but Chandler points out that this is the New York Times, so most likely, therefore, there are not comics in this newspaper. Joey takes that as a thing that says in his brain, like, oh, that just means that just means I need to more properly ask for it. So he goes, okay, may I have the comics? <laughs> I just think that was like a little bit of writing gold. Yeah, it was funny. Um, we, we obviously, because it's so interwoven, we jump ahead to the main episode and just a few points that we want to touch on. Um, one main thing is in this episode that was a little bit in the recap is that at one point, the friends, when they're in the guy's apartment, they kind of turn around after they sort of realize, oh, there's this little like. They asked us first. We can't do your thing. Oh, no. We're going to have to start dividing our time. The friends turn around and Chandler has started smoking again in this episode. Now, he had quit previously. It's been forever since we saw him with a cigarette. Um, But he started smoking now because of all the trauma he's experiencing with this breakup. Um, 
it's kind of like a coping vice for him, or maybe I feel like it's something he can control. Yeah. Like he can control smoking, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but he becomes like a chain smoker. Like seriously. He doesn't, he doesn't just smoke. It's like He doesn't stop smoking. Yeah. Uh, you're exactly right. Like, it's literally in the very next scene, the opener... At Ross's apartment, Chandler's smoking out the window, and it's cold outside. Like, everyone's pointing out, like, hey, it's freezing in here. But Chandler's at the window, smoking away, and it's freezing cold. Yeah. Another thing that I want to point out is that when they pan over to Ross's TV, did you see, like, all of the tech up top? There was, like, probably, like, a VCR, a stereo setup. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a bunch of, like, devices up top. That remind me of like, that is a classic 90s, mid 90s, maybe into the early 2000s setup with like all of those bulky devices attached to the back of your TV so that you can make it like this big digital tech, you know, surround sound, Dolby. Like, it just reminded me so much of my parents setup. It reminds me of like back in the day when you would walk into like Radio Shack Oh, And, like, yes. you know how they had them, like, set up and even, like, in Best Buy, like, they would have them set up as if it were your home. Yeah, like, little rooms. Yeah. That looked like living rooms. That. Yeah. Yes. With a big entertainment, like, mm-hmm. thing. Like, nobody uses entertainment centers anymore. We just have a TV stand. Yeah, that's so true. But, yeah, it was, brought us back. Yeah, for sure. Another thing I wanted to touch on was... The way this is really specific to Ross, but it's interesting to see the way that both of them handle the friends being in the middle. Yeah. And I think Ra- Rachel is doing it better. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like you could tell she was disappointed, mm-hmm. but it's almost like she handled it like a champ. She was like, oh, well, it's only fair. He asked first. Mm-hmm. And her like rebuttal was, well, what about this weekend? You know, like mm-hmm. she came up with a, okay, I can't hang out with you Friday. How about the weekend? Whereas Ross, all I can think of is this like high that he does. <laughs> like every time he gets in this like mood, that's like all I can think of. And he just gets all like sulky and like, well, I guess I'll just stay here and mm-hmm. be all alone. Like you're yeah. guilty, them. Yeah, the guilt trip, like the first weekend I'm alone, you're all going to be gone. It's like, so then Rachel would be alone on the first weekend she's alone. Like, it's either you or Because you messed up. I know. It's like, and like, but but then he's also like, well, no one stay because of a pity stay. Like, he's like. The way he's handling it is so immature. Now, I do recognize that even Rachel throws in a, when she asks them for the weekend trip, like, I asked you first. Like, I'm asking you first, right? That's how we're doing this. Like, she does kind of call it out, but she doesn't guilt trip them into reconsidering their plans. Because what's a bummer about that is later on in the episode, when we see Joey in the car, he literally feels bad about leaving Ross like, and he's talking about it and not being able to be fully present with Rachel, even though they didn't show the equivalent happening. Like, it's not like the friends were at Ross's house being like, oh, we're, we're, we feel bad about like leaving Rachel by herself on a Friday night. Like, but Ross 
guilt tripped them in such a way that now they're not being able to be present with Rachel. Yeah. On a trip that she did in all rights get first. And that to me is like a really low blow. And I actually can see how that can probably translate into like how many parents with kids today do that with their kids and how unfair is that for the kids? Yeah. Like that, even the idea of that, like I can feel, I can feel it in my like, in my body right now. Like I'm, I'm starting to get pissed off about it, even though like <laughs> there's no example of that happening anywhere that I can see that I can like latch onto. But just the idea that parents are like, well, yeah, I guess if your mom, blah, blah, blah. Like they undermine and they undercut and it's because they want to be the favorite. They can't work together. They're too prideful to work together. They're too selfish to realize that there is a third party and that everything you say and do about the other spouse directly influences your own child and their view and that how unfair that is like it just it makes me so angry that like there are probably people out there that do that and they might not even realize they're doing it but like Ross in this instance being so unfair in guilt tripping now it's like Joey can't even and you think of like Joey is kind of like the kid in this relationship like the fact that he's like I feel bad about leaving Ross like how many kids are like hanging out with the one parent bummed because they feel so bad about leaving the other one because they guilt tripped them and then they start resenting the parent that they're with because it makes them not able to be with the parent that has guilt tripped them like it's just so unfair such like a toxic cycle of like relational control like that's so terrible um and i know that's kind of like a tangent but i just think that ross is like literally failing in this area oh yeah um okay we have to skip a lot of like the car ride because it again it kind of goes back in and out of all of it that will touch with the guys um but i but i think we should talk about the carol scenes and i feel like the carol scenes are going to be what bring us to the finish line in this episode it's only going to probably take another like couple of minutes to talk about it but i think the carol scenes are like some much needed comedy relief in these uh in these next couple scenes wouldn't you think yeah i would say so essentially, essentially we see Carol. She's getting ready for a fancy dinner. Um, and we can assume, obviously, it's with Susan. And Ross stops by. Um, now, go figure. Susan and Carol are celebrating an anniversary. <laughs> and it would be the same. It's an anniversary that Ross is not getting to be able to celebrate because him and Rachel have broke up. So he starts telling his story. And she's like, I would really love to be here for you. And I think that this deserves like my undivided attention. So let's go ahead and have dinner tomorrow. And Ross agrees to it. But then he goes right into his story anyways, sits down, makes himself super comfortable. And we can tell in the very next scene that he's continued sharing his story. He's eating all of her food, drinking all of her wine. He's just made himself at home. He has. He barges right in and mm-hmm. makes himself comfortable. Yes. And totally does not see outside of himself. No. Like, this is very clearly a romantic dinner. He, she has said that it's a romantic dinner yep. between her and Susan. And he's just like... It makes me wonder, though, like, she was prepping pretty early for a dinner that he was able to sit at for a while and eat all of her food and drink her wine. 
and Susan still not be there. <laughs> yeah. But that's really honestly beside the point. But um, now Ross gets a beep while he's there and we'll figure out, you know, obviously we know why, but he gets a beep and uh, calls the payphone, which essentially Phoebe is asking Ross for help. They distract Rachel with the one cent, you know, tampons, which I think is really funny. Um, one, when have they ever been one cent? Uh, never. And two, like, that's just an interesting way to like, hey, let's go stock up on probably the lowest grade tampons you'll ever find in your life. Oh, yeah. It's basically Pub- like what? Cotton balls and cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> With like a string loosely tied yeah. around the cotton ball. <laughs> Just the way you said that caught me off guard. That is so funny. But very accurate. I'm just imagining it. Sorry for all of our guy listeners, but I'm just imagining that. And that is hilarious. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, Now, Ross and his call is also being so petty. Like, he's not... He, like... He's trying to explain to Carol that, like... I'm not going to go like just the way he handles it again. I think he's just being petty. Would you agree? Yeah. Do, do you remember this so. part? Okay. Yeah. Um, and Carol, you know, is the opposite. She's been trying to get Ross to leave her house for the last probably 30 minutes or so. Carol's is like, take my car, go and pick up your friends. You're not a bad guy. So what if she went for that Mark guy and you were a victim here you know, save us both time because you're going to go pick them up anyways. Yeah. And I, it it made me laugh because she said, you know, don't blame your friends for something Rachel did. I'm like, oh, he hasn't been truthful. Yes. I like to guess in this moment that Phoebe heard her on the other end. Oh, yeah. And was like, uh, let me tell you what happened real quick. <laughs> yeah. But of course, for Ross, it's nice for others to think of him as the victim. Yeah. You know, like, it's kind of nice to think, like, oh, yes, like, so what if she went for the Mark guy and you were a victim here? But save us, you know, like, oh, yes, like, I am not the one in the wrong. And I am feeling coddled by the fact that I feel like, you know, I'm making you think that I'm the victim here. Like, it probably feels really nice for Ross, for Susan to kind of empathize with him a little bit. Um, But then she finds out the truth because Phoebe's like, uh, snap, snap, snap. Hold on a second. Let me tell you the real, real and all of a sudden, she goes, you slept with someone else? And he goes, we were on a break. And that is the first time we get that comment. And again, that's the that's the closest that we're going to get to that topic. That's really, I think, the actual we touch on that topic. Like, that yeah. is the first time we hear that out loud in a way that Ross is saying it defensively. Not in an argument way with Ross. You know, Rachel trying to define terms. That is the first time we hear Ross say it and like, this is my, I'm defending myself. Now, she goes, you slept with another woman? And he goes, well, well, you're one to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That to me has got to be the funniest line out of this entire three episode, like, talk. Of just, well, 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 you're one to talk. Because it's so accurate and so funny. I just love it so much. But um, okay. And then the final Carol scene that we're going to get, because of course we have to kind of 
skip over all the others that we're going to talk with the guys. Carol, um, in the tag scene, Carol is awoken by Ross banging on the door. Um, but we find out she was definitely not asleep. Bount chicka wow wow. And he has, he's got her a new battery. Um, man, he must have been there. I mean, to get a call, to get AAA or someone, to get a new battery. Like, this is, this is hours, hours later. And this is the 90s, so it took even longer, probably. Yeah, and like, how did he, how did he get a battery changed overnight? Like, did he go to a 24-hour Walmart and grab like a battery and change it himself? Like, there is no auto store open past like 5 p.m. But they're clearly in like upstate New York because they're right. in a, a part of like they're obviously not in the city anymore. So who knows how long it took him to even get to where he was going. Right. I'd like to think this is realistically this did not happen like in the same time period. But for the storyline, obviously it did. He's explaining to where I got you a new battery. I got you a good one. Let's just call it an even $200 or 210 or whatever he said. Um and Ross tries to go back in, uh, or he tries to go back into the story. Like, he tries to, like, reel her back in, but she needs to get back to her lady. So he, she essentially, like, just closes the door on his face. Like, I'm, I'm going back into my bedroom. And he talks through the door, like, telling her, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to take off. And that is the wrap-up to this you know episode as a whole and our episode um just in our recap is there any any other thing that you wanted to mention obviously that's outside of ross and rachel that you didn't get to no this one was a little tougher because it was like it's so interwoven that we had to like skip over a lot so it's more of just like quick mentions and quick ha-has um, okay. Did we do an episode rating system for the last one or did I send us right into it? Um, we did not do one. Okay. Let's rate both. Um, do both, at the, do both like side by side. And okay. then, and then I'll go both side by side. Um, I think for 16. Hmm. I think for 16, I would do seven, seven, seven. Yay! Um, It's been forever since you've done that one. Yeah. I I think I would do that because I feel like in the episode as a whole, I feel like they really did the, I mean, I don't the fight scene, I guess, the scene Mm -hmm. that we haven't really talked about yet. I feel like they did that really well. Yeah. Uh, written wise, like the emo- the emotions seemed genuine, and um, I think having the friends in the bedroom, like it just added another, it added a layer of like comedy, mm-hmm. but it was still serious because you could also kind of see the friends processing as like they're listening to what's happening. Yeah. Um. So I think as a whole, like the episode was really well written and whatnot. For seventeen. I would probably say, how you doing? Okay. Um, I think so it was like still, a step down. Yeah. I think it, it was still well, and I think 
again, very accurate with how the friends are processing. Like, they all are processing it differently. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, having friends break up. Like, it's one thing to have, like, just two of your mutual friends break up. But, like, they're not really ones that you all hang out together. Yeah. But to have, like, your staple friends, two of them date and then break up, like... You know, it is, like you said, like a divorce situation. So I think it was important for them to bring an episode where the friends get to process it. Um, And so for that aspect, I think it was good. But I think it's just the Ross and Rachel thing, you know, Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to give them any like their storylines, anything really higher just because I know I don't care for them. But I will give like the writers prop like they did. They did a good job exploring the emotions of the friends and everyone involved. Yeah. I know. This one's hard to judge just because I know um, for 16, like, it is more – I I agree with you completely. It's more of the writers. Like, the writers, the emotions of, like, the roller coaster of what you feel like – you're arguing, you get into it, there's the heat of it, there's the logistics of it, there's the fighting all different sides of it. Like they go through the literal roller coaster of emotions that happens for an argument like that. The bargaining, the um, justification, the I thought we were on a break, the the de- like the defining of it and um, even the silence of it, like the times where you're just so exhausted that you're like, I don't even have words to say. Um but the other person, like, I think they just did that so accurately in ways that, like, today's television does not process. Like, today's television would not give that much time to a single argument and show all the nuances of. And I think that really is an art form because it is so hard to portray the realism of a breakup like that. So for that reason... And the fact that you're, I mean, you're right. The friends being in the other room, you're watching them sort of process too. But I would say like the reason I'm giving it the score that I am is strictly because like I'm proud of the way that the writers gave front and center to one single storyline, really. Um, And I'm going to give it a central perk. Wow. Um, Really? mm Mm-hmm. Now what's interesting though is on the flip side – episode 17 the second episode that we talked about in this single episode of ours instead of it being more of ross and rachel we're really seeing how their dynamic affects the friends and the play out of that as if like you have one big close friend group and they're all trying to do right by both friends and it's really tough and they're having to navigate it and they're having to compete against like unfair again the Ross you know guilt tripping and um, all their time is being accounted for by splitting their time as opposed to maximizing their time and all hanging out together like we're seeing the friends process through what it looks like to do a breakup like that and trying to navigate being fair but also being reasonable especially with like the whole Rachel not wanting Ross to come pick them up. Like they had to do what's right by the whole group and, and, you know, yes, take into the account the emotions, but also make decisions. So I'm, because these seem so parallel to me, I'm also going to give it a central park. I feel like 
this episode, these two episodes almost go together better than the first, like, than episode 15 and 16 did with the, like, continuation of the story. And I get why they made the first, like, episode 15 a continuation into episode 16, but I just think that these go hand in hand and, like, we're really seeing the Ross and Rachel and the writing element for 16, but we're really seeing the friends processing it for 17. And I think that's just as important with a group of friends that we're literally going to watch for 10 years in a row all together, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So before we go into our post-show wrap-up for this entire episode, we're going to get into some trivia or fun facts. Um now, the background song that played when Rachel and Ross broke up at Monica's apartment was the same song played when they were first together in Central Perk in season two. So a lot of, like, callbacks with songs that we're experiencing. Um, we just talked about this uh, during the Friends the reunion, which obviously just happened um, a couple months ago in 2021. That we did a live reaction episode too. So if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to us watch the episode like for the first time together. When asked about this episode specifically by host James Corden, all six cast members agreed that Ross and Rachel were indeed on a break. <laughs> um, now both Jennifer Aniston, who's Rachel, and Angela Featherstone, who played Chloe, the other woman, would both go on to work with Adam Sandler in separate movies. So Aniston in Just Go With It, which was an amazing movie. I love that movie. And Featherstone in The Wedding Singer. Um, Aniston's was in 2011. Featherstone's was in 98. Christina Pickles, who plays Ross and Monica's mother, also appeared in The Wedding Singer. So there's sort of like a three separation, like, you know, connection between the three of them. Now, in the end scene... Uh, in which Rachel officially breaks up with Ross, it was so emotional that both Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer cried after it was shot. And uh, despite the classic we were on a break line being used by Ross at various times throughout the remainder of the show's run, which we talk about, much uh, to Rachel's chagrin, <laughs> it was, in fact, Rachel who said it first in this episode. Ross didn't say it for the first time until the following episode, which we again talked about. And then another spoiler alert, there's an ongoing debate as to whether or not Ross and Rachel were on a break. However, when Rachel shows up at Ross's apartment, she clearly asks, can I be your girlfriend again? Implying that they were, in fact, not together at the time Ross's night with the copy girl. Also, Rachel says on the answering machine um, that she wants to get back together again. However, they were never explicitly said that they were breaking up. And Rachel may have been cute in trying to add some humor into the situation. Plus, this doesn't change the fact that Ross slept with another woman minutes after breaking up with the woman he supposedly loves. But the reason he did this was because he thought Rachel invited Mark over to do the same. So this is sort of all in that same argument, which, again, we'll talk about with the guys and get more into the details of that. But those are some fun facts for episode 16 now for episode 17 that is the one without the ski trip 
Chandler uh, commented about having the crying Indian come coming in to save them if he litters. This is a tip of the hat to the Keep America Beautiful commercial that was marketed to reduce littering. Did you wonder about that? Because I thought that was like, oh, that that maybe didn't age well. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know what it was referring to until obviously, you know, this fun fact. There was also a Dave Chappelle um, comedy act, um, and it was a while ago. And I'm wondering if it was around the same time where in his in his stand up act, he also talked about meeting with a bunch of um, Native American Indians in a Walmart. And he talked about really testing to see if they were Native Americans. And he, he said the way that we would test it was by crinkling up something and throwing it out on the floor. And he said, a single tear left his eye. And it was funny. Like, everyone laughed. And I'm wondering if it's from the exact same commercial that was marketed, obviously, to reduce littering. I just thought that was such a weird tie-in. I would love to know. I might have to do a little bit of a deeper dive to figure out if that um, comedy sketch happened at the exact, like, same time frame that that commercial would have been you know, out. But anyways, um, in, in, okay, this is an interesting one. In the one with the thumb, Phoebe offers Chandler $7,000 if he never smokes again. Since Chandler openly smokes in this episode, he should have to give her back the money. That's such a good callback. Yeah. I love it. Uh, now this is the only time Monica is seen in Phoebe's grandmother's cab. Um, and then another interesting fact with like the crying Indian. So it says the crying Indian Chandler mentions when he litters at the rest stop was actually Italian. He changed his name when he moved to Hollywood and called himself Iron Eyes Cody, the first wannabe. Oh, yikes. I'm sure that that is also not aging well either. His yeah, decision not. to to do that <laughs> um but that is that is just a fact about that person so um as we wrap up then for our social media spotlight let's go to instagram tonight today whichever and we have mentioned um them before or wait have i mentioned them I think I have. I think I've mentioned you before. Um, but your Instagram handle is, I think, Menang underscore Long Kumar underscore. Um, they originally reached out to us a while ago, but they have since reached back out. I think it was after we mentioned them. Um, with a suggestion. This is our first suggestion um, on the podcast, I think. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. Um, okay. Said, so, hey, I have a suggestion for your episodes. I heard Leanne mentioning her favorite scene from one of the episodes ad, or one of the episodes, and that was great. So it would be great if both of you and, trying to be Chandler, your guest share your favorite moment scene from each episode. What do you think about that, Llewellyn? I like the idea. Did we used to do that? We did. I think we used to we used to pick our favorite 
line, I want to say. Was it? Ooh, okay. Yeah. Like, like you know, throwing it back to like season one when we were newbies. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Maybe within our episode rating system, we'll just add a like favorite scene thing. Yeah, we could do that. Um, and favorite scene could be favorite line too, because it might not be a whole scene. But um, okay, thanks, uh, man. I wish I knew. I wish I knew your actual name. Oh gosh, if that's your name, then I'm the worst. <laughs> Oh, no. I've just failed completely. Um, Manang, I guess. Um, we will start doing that. Thanks for the suggestion. Um, they also said that they listened to episode 43, which was season two, episode 17. Um, they said that I like, I would like Llewellyn rate it as Unagi. I don't like it that much, but the tag is my favorite scene in the whole series. I'll have to go back and see that one, which one that is. Wait, what episode was that? Season two, episode 17. They said, just wanted to leave a comment on this because it contains my favorite scene of the whole series. My friend and I listened to episode 45 and she was like, Charlie Sheen makes a cameo appearance. She wants to watch the show after listening to your podcast. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Yes, watch Friends with us. That's awesome. Um, then they asked if two star, um, fun fact, we're going to have them on next week. So that is perfect timing. Do they have an Instagram handle? That is a great question, Manang. They do not have an Instagram handle. They only have a Twitter. Um, we might have to talk, talk to the guys about that. I need to know why, because I don't use Twitter at all. I think they have a Facebook and a Twitter, which are the two that we least use. Um, I use Instagram solely. Um but yeah, I don't know what are your. Yeah, yeah I mean I we could we could ask them. Instagram and Twitter are highly different, so um, you know Instagram involves pictures and I guess reels now, but Twitter is more just words, so that could be why. But mm-hmm. yeah, we could ask them. Yeah. Um, okay. They also agree with you, Llewellyn. They tagged me specifically. And said, Leanne, the only thing I like from The Office is the theme, is, is the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got a friend that it believes. The Office um, is trash. That's so funny. And this is perfect timing. This was on, this came in on Saturday. They said, uh, same person. This is just, I have held on to these because I knew we were going to do a social media spotlight. Said, hey guys, it's 20 years after 9-11, and I wanted to know if Friends, the show, reflected this on the show. I would really like to know if you know. Now, Manang, Llewellyn and I covered this in one of we our did. previous episodes. You might actually be getting close to it. Um, but in was it the episode with the fun facts, Llewellyn? I think it was, yeah. I believe it's the episode with the fun facts. We did talk about the correlation between 9-11 and why in um, as they like as we reach 2001, why they never correlated with um, why they never reflected that in the show itself. I, I do remember we did talk about it and I do think it was the one with the fun facts. Um, so Manang and anyone else wondering if you're wondering about why um, if you're wondering about any connection between the 
um, 9-11 terrorist attacks that happened in America, because I know we have a lot of um, Indian listeners as well, um, and a bunch of others. We have the United Kingdom, all that. So the 9-11 um, 2001 terrorist attacks that happened in New York City with the Twin Towers. Um, if you want to know about the correlation between those happenings and if that was reflected in the actual Friends series, go to our episode, the one with the fun facts, and we do talk about that and the Friends' response to it. We have a um, even a quote from uh, like Lisa Kudrow about it. Not that she sent us personally, just one that we have found on the topic. So yeah. thank you for all of those notes to us, um, Menang. I know that I, – I hope that's your name. Otherwise, I feel really dumb like commenting to you like that. But – um, thanks so much for all of your comments. We're glad that you and your friend are catching up. And I'm glad that your friend wants to watch Friends, um, you know, after just listening to our podcast. It'd be great if they listened to the podcast as they were watching each episode. That would be really cool. So thanks so much for all of that. Um, that was a longer one, but they just had so much to say. And I love when people reach out to us. So I wanted to give honor to where honors do. So thank you so much for reaching out. Um, okay. Recommend to a friend. Llewellyn. This one we waited on. And I love it too. So why don't you go for it? And I'll just sit back and just be happy about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I actually just finished watching this yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. It's a short mini series, like eight episodes, I think, on Netflix they just released recently like in the last month or two Mm -hmm. um it's called clickbait if you watch netflix ever it's it i first saw it because it popped up on the top when i first opened the app yeah um and i i mean i love anything to do with true crime or just crime documentaries or anything so the picture as soon as you see it you're like oh this has something to do with crime um so it's basically, I won't tell you everything about it, but it's basically just about, um, like, how to say it without even ruining it. Um, essentially, something happens to someone and... Can I do it? Yeah, go for it. I, I, like, I don't I want to ruin it for people. I know. I think I can give a pretty good recap. Okay. Um, <clears throat> clickbait. There is a, a father and a husband who seemingly gets kidnapped, looks tortured, and this video of him starts circulating on the internet that says, if this gets 5 million views, I die. And each episode is walked through in the lens of a different person in relation to him. So the first one is the sister. The second one is the wife. The third one is the detective. And each episode continues on the story further as they're trying to figure out why he would be subject to a kidnapping because his life seemed one way. Then as they start to reveal things, it seems another way And then there's like twists and turns and they're all trying to figure out one, where he is, two, why this would happen to this guy, and three, obviously, who's responsible. And it's mysterious. I love the way that they film it because, again, as you continue on, 
in continuity with the episode. Um, each episode furthers the story, but it furthers from a different perspective. But it still furthers along the story because of that different perspective, if that makes sense. So um, honestly, it's really hard to describe. And I don't know why, but someone tried to describe it to me when they were pitching it to me before I watched it. And I was like, this doesn't sound like a very good show. And then I got like half an episode in. I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's so written don't, really well. Honestly, don't take our word for it. Just go watch it. Like, it's a very well-written, very well, like, cinematography-wise. Like, it's a very great episode. Yeah. It, or series. Yeah. And I and I feel like it's very timely with, you know, the age we live in. Like, it's... Yes. Obviously, it's a made-up story. Could but be. it's something that could happen. Um, And I feel like, you know, it's just... It's kind of eye-opening in a way. Here's the quick synopsis that, like, online gives. It says, when family man Nick Brewer is abducted in a crime with a sinister online twist, those closest to him race to uncover who is behind it and why. Yeah. So, again, it's kind of tough just because there's just so much that happens. Oh, my gosh, guys. It's so good. Okay, I do need to know. Like, we won't ruin it, but did you... Did you see it going where it went all the way to the end? Um, or were you shocked? I, you mean the who? Yeah. I did not see that. I didn't either. And I was, I was shocked. Yeah. I, 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 I thought it was one person and I was shocked when it wasn't. I think, I thought, was it, was it the person that they made it think it, yeah. made you think it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got everyone can hear us talking about this too because I'm so excited. I think my mouth was like open the entire last episode and a half. Yeah. Like episode halfway through episode like nine and then into 10. I think because there's 10 is when I was like, I think my mouth was dropped to the floor the entire time because I was just in such disbelief that they threw the wool over my eyes. Yeah, I was like, I was, what? I know, I was so shocked. It was, Which I feel like, though, it just makes it, like, like even more of a wake-up call. Like, this this could like, happen to happen to anybody. And like, Yes. Oh, my gosh. It made it yeah. very real in a very weirdly unexpected way. Yeah, it's it's entirely insane. But it's so good. So don't listen to our description, guys. Just go watch it. Clickbait. It's on Netflix. Hopefully it's where you can see it. I know Netflix in different regions doesn't offer certain offerings. But because it's a Netflix original, I'm hoping that that makes it available everywhere as opposed to like legal rights and like who owns what. Um, You have to go watch it. If you like the mystery, thriller, thinker type, I mean, very well written, go watch it. Well done, yes. Llewellyn. I had totally forgotten to like mention it. It's so good. It's yeah, so good. It is. Oh, okay, so then next week we are going to pause on our continuation of the series and we are going to talk with Two Star Podcast um, and we are going to go into the depths of the Ross and Rachel storyline. All the things that we missed, all the things that we skimped over, all the things that we floated over and and umbrellaed over and skipped past and ignored. All of the things that you want us to touch on, we're going to touch on with Two Star. It's going to be a 
fun, uncoordinated, unstructured, long conversation with our guy friends over the pond. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. We haven't talked to them in quite a while, and I'm actually really excited to talk to them again. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You're like, meh. Two star, if you're listening, we love you. (laughs) Okay, go ahead and close us out. Yes, so we and two star will catch you guys next week on the Woman Friends Podcast.